0: Irene stared at the mass of polished wood, ivory keys, and aged sheet music bathed in the dim light of the living room. Ambling slowly from behind her metal walker, a faint smile crossed her wrinkled face as she sat behind the instrument she loved more than any other in the world. Stretching her hands and straightening her back as best she could, Irene began to fill the room with the tinkling sound of a perfect melody, refined and rehearsed over years of devoted practice. It was the best part of her day, a routine not just enjoyed by her, but by her neighbors in their gardens who could faintly hear the rhythmic tinkling of the notes that poured through Irene's open front door. In fact, it wasn't a strange occurrence to see a small crowd of listeners gazing in the direction of the music, their evening walks and errands paused by the beauty of Irene's ability. Moving her hands gently across the keys with a delicate and experienced touch, Irene began to play the opening bars of Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. As the melody engulfed the small cul-de-sac in beautiful music, a frequent guest of Irene's took his place outside her open window. A small child, no older than 10, was the son of a construction worker laboring on a new home being built next door. While his father mounted drywall and assembled the home's frame, His son Sebastian became Irene's biggest fan. As the last song came to a close, Sebastian would crawl from under the hedge and dart across the lawn before Irene took her place, tea in hand, in a wooden rocking chair on the porch. Today, however, the mild temperature and soft music made Sebastian's eyelids grow heavy, soon lulling him to sleep beneath the branches of the meticulously trimmed boxwood hedge Dreams of pattering piano melodies filled his mind with a delicate sense of happiness until... Dear, Sebastian stirred but did not wake. Honey, wake up. Barely opening his eyes, Sebastian gazed upward through blurred eyes at the white hair and floral print shirt bent directly over him. Suddenly remembering where he was, the boy jerked his still numb legs to life and jumped to his feet. Wham! Sebastian slumped against the wall, Slightly dazed and blinking slowly. Oh, honey, Irene gasped. Irene summoned all her strength and pulled the boy's hand to the edge of her walker, guiding him toward the concrete porch. Sebastian, stumbling along, clutching the back of his throbbing head. Sit down, dear, Irene said, guiding him toward an overstuffed armchair just inside the front door of her craftsman-style home. Sebastian's head was still throbbing, but the lights popping just before his eyes had cleared, and he managed to look around the small room. Beside him was a small table with a white cloth, covered in black and white photos of smiling people. Everyone looked so happy and content. There was a sofa just across from him, draped in blankets and small pillows. The fireplace had a small fire going, even though it was hot outside, but it made the room feel safe and warm. Finally, Sebastian laid his eyes on the instrument he'd heard for so many weeks just outside this very room. Getting gingerly to his feet and swaying a little, Sebastian inched his way toward it. He heard sounds coming from another room, but somehow he wasn't afraid. This seemed like a safe place. Certainly the most comfortable place he'd ever been. The wood of the piano shined brightly in the sunlight, filtering through the lace curtains. It glimmered more than any furniture he'd ever seen. He raised his hand and passed it over the smooth surface of the wood. It was smooth and cold, almost as though it was damp. Moving his hand down the pattern wood, he reached the white keys. They were still a bright white, but they had a touch of yellow around the edges. Sebastian gently pressed the key closest to him. It made a quiet but deep bong. You like the piano, hon? The voice came from just a few feet away. Sebastian jumped and whipped his head around, backing away from the instrument, his hands held out in front of him. The woman had returned carrying a tray with a bag of ice, a bandage, and a glass of ice water. Yes, I I didn't mean to touch it. It's quite all right, hon. I'm Mrs. Irene. She extended her hand, but he backed toward the door, preparing to dash into the yard if he needed to. I need to go. My father is done with work at dark. He will be looking for me. Sebastian spoke with an accent. Latin American, Irene guessed. Do you want some ice for your head before you go? She asked kindly. She placed the tray on the console table near the chair and extended her hand to give him the bag of ice. Sebastian already had his hand on the latch for the screen door. I'm fine, Mrs. Irene. Irene smiled gently. Before you go, can I ask your name? He didn't answer. Mrs. Irene attempted another question. Why were you outside my window, sweetie? His hand was still on the door. He felt trouble coming. His father had told him one thing before he allowed him to play in the neighborhood where he worked. Don't mess with the white folk, son. Play, but leave them alone. They don't do anything but cause trouble for us. We don't want to go back home. These words echoed in Sebastian's head, but as he looked into the kind eyes of Mrs. Irene... He felt like it was safe to tell her anything. Her eyes were warm as the fire that was gently crackling across the room. He dropped his hand to the pocket of his faded jeans and looked at the floor. You play pretty music. I heard it and I wanted to listen. I found the window you open and I listen every day. It's much better than the radio in Papa's truck. Irene smiled. Where do you live? I don't know where. I sleep in the car until we get there. My papa works on the house across the street. I can't go to school because he says it's not safe, so I come to work with him. Irene's smile faltered, but only for a moment. Would you like me to play for you? The boy nodded, and Irene righted herself, making slow progress with her walker and eventually seating herself behind the piano. From the time the first delicate note escaped, Sebastian's eyes glowed brightly. The sound was loud, rich, and deep, so much better than outside the window. He walked closer to the woman and piano, taking care not to miss a sound. As Irene finished the first piece, she waved her hand at the boy. Come here, honey, watch this. Sebastian walked the last few feet toward her and stood just beside the glowing, bright piano. Irene gently grabbed the boy's hand. He flinched, but didn't pull away. Press this key. She guided his hand, and the resounding bong made him smile. Now this one. He pressed another key. This one emitted a lighter note. Bong. Another smile crossed his face. Not the weak grin of before, but a toothy smile, as though he was trying ice cream or candy for the first time. Would you like to learn to play the piano, just like me? The boy nodded, his eyes brighter than the now setting sun. Why don't you come back tomorrow when you would normally be hiding at my bushes? The boy felt the color rising in his cheeks and his eyes dropped to the floor. I'm only kidding, honey. I think you must be my biggest fan. Come back tomorrow. He nodded and fast walked to the door. The sun had almost set and it was getting dark. The street lights were coming on and that was his cue to come back. Just as he unlatched the door and stepped through, the boy turned around and looked at Mrs. Irene. I'm Sebastian. It's nice to meet you, Sebastian. With that, the boy was gone, running across the cul-de-sac at top speed. For the next few weeks, Sebastian returned each morning. They started with notes, then chords, and shortly after that, Sebastian was playing along with Mrs. Irene, performing full and beautiful songs with the occasional error or two. The boy was a quick learner, and the company brought life and warmth to the small home. Lessons with Sebastian was the best part of Irene's day, a routine not just enjoyed by her, but by the neighbors in their gardens who could hear the rhythmic tinkling of the incredible duo. In fact, it wasn't a strange occurrence to see a small crowd of listeners gazing in the direction of the music, their evening walks and errands paused by the beauty of the duets played by the team, Sebastian and Mrs. Irene. One evening, as a particularly successful lesson was coming to a close, the living room was suddenly bathed in flashing blue and red lights. Outside the house next door, men in blue jackets and vests were running across the newly installed lawn. The piano playing stopped as the duo, Sebastian and Mrs. Irene, stared out the window as the scene unfolded. Suddenly, Sebastian jumped to his feet and ran toward the door. Papa, he screamed as he burst through the screen door and onto the porch. His father, being led into the road in handcuffs, yelled back at him in rapid Spanish. From the doorway Mrs. Irene watched, hands on her walker. She opened and closed her mouth several times, but the words wouldn't come. It was like watching a movie playing in real time on her street. She knew there was no hope in changing the scene unfolding before her. She had made the connection months ago-they were illegal aliens-and she knew this would eventually happen. The knowledge, however, didn't make the tears any easier to wipe away. As the SUVs were loaded, doors slammed, and disappearing down the narrow street, Mrs. Irene closed the front door. She made her way slowly to the piano, tugged at the metal handle of the keyboard cover. It fell shut with a clang. Days passed. Days turned into weeks, weeks into months, and then into years. Not a day or a minute went by without thoughts of the dark-haired boy playing joyously at the now dust-coated piano. Years had passed, but Mrs. Irene couldn't erase the scene from her mind. I'm Sebastian. As for the piano, it remained silent. The dog walkers passed the craftsman house unimpeded by the beautiful piano music that used to flow from the open front door. Instead of playing her piano, Mrs. Irene sat on her porch, steaming tea in hand, and watched the children play in the now ten-year-old yard next door. She listened to the radio as the news reporter commented on the new border wall being constructed, the deportation of more bad hombres, and the securing of our country from all illegals. As Mrs. Irene aged, she wondered what happened to the little boy. Where was he? Was he safe? She wondered and wondered, until one day, while checking the mail, she spotted a faded and bent postcard in the letter box, just under a stack of envelopes and a brightly colored sales catalog. Balancing with one hand still on her walker, Mrs. Irene removed the post from the box and closed it with a gentle push. As soon as the front door had closed behind her, she dropped the cacophony of white envelopes beside her and gently turned over the postcard squinting to read the small, curved print. Mrs. Irene, you may not remember me, but I will never forget you. I was a small child, and while my father worked next door, you taught me to play the piano. I will never forget the day we were taken and sent back to Mexico. I could not stop crying. It is not easy for a boy so young to understand the way the world works, especially at ten years old. My father curses Americans every day, and I want to believe him. But then I remember the kind white-haired woman that made me feel welcome and loved. You are the America I choose to remember, even now as things get harder for us. One day I will make it back. For now I go to school and every day I play the old piano in our classroom. I tell everyone who asks about my time in America of Mrs. Irene, the most beautiful piano player I've ever heard. Be well, always. Te amo, Sebastian. Irene clutched the postcard to her chest and cried, not tears of sadness, but of joy. As she regained her composure, Irene pushed her walker toward the gleaming piano. She raised her hand and passed it over the surface of the wood. It was smooth and cold, almost as though it was damp. Moving her hand down the pattern wood, she opened the cover and, and reached for the white keys. They were still a bright white, but they had a touch of yellow around the edges. Mrs. Irene gently pressed the key closest to her. It made a quiet but deep bong. Irene smiled as the sun slipped below the horizon.
1: Hey guys, Jeremy Schott here. And just a quick note here at the end of the podcast, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed writing it. The first episode of Line of Sight was designed around an issue, immigration, of course, that is very present in news. It's reported on almost every day. And even to me personally, it's significant. As a kid growing up out in California, immigration was something I faced every day. In my daily life. I had friends that were immigrants and I think that with all of the news and all of the reporting and all of the stories that surround immigration we lose sight of the fact that immigrants are people and every immigrant every family has a story and they have a reason for why they immigrated and yes there are bad people that immigrate to this country but by and large immigrants are people that are simply seeking a better life for their family or a different life for their family, or a fresh start for them as a couple, or as a person. And I think that when we lose sight of that and get lost in all of the lawmaking and the news reporting, we lose sight of the fact that this country started and was founded as a culmination of cultures coming together to operate a new country as a free, liberty-given society. and. That's all I'm going to say about that. I hope you got something from the podcast. And really, I hope you were entertained. I hope you enjoyed the story. Having said that, this is the part where I ask you to subscribe. If you are an Apple user, simply open the podcast app, hit subscribe. And if you feel like it was a good podcast or you needed something, feel free to give us a review. Review us on iTunes. If you're an Android user, Google Play Store has many podcasting apps. We use SoundCloud. It's an excellent app. Feel free to rate us and subscribe through SoundCloud or through whatever podcasting app, Stitcher, Radio. We are um, set up to operate through them. And most importantly, if you enjoyed the podcast, share it with your friends. We would love to get more and more listeners subscribed to the podcast. And sharing these stories is what's most important to me. Thank you for listening to the very first episode of Line of Sight. We appreciate you taking the time to listen. And don't forget, next Tuesday, you'll have a brand new episode.